So far, we have seen... Barry Allen, the second man to be called the Flash, dies in Crisis and Infinite Earths. Wally West, previously Kid Flash, skips into the Scarlet costume. Barry Allen's seemingly miraculous resurrection. Wally's doubts in the face of said resurrection. The realization that Barry may be back. And then, betrayal, left to die by Barry's inaction. Escape from certain doom for Wally, but Barry gives a news conference claiming Wally's dead. But hang fast, the worst is yet to come. some work to be done in Gotham City. Called Batman, I can't be asked. Faith and Begora, Commissioner. Faith and Begora. Welcome back, Scarlet Speedsters, to the second part of our look at the seminal Flash, or at least Wally West, story, The Return of Barry Allen. This is Hey Kids Comics, and I am Andrew Leyland, Max Mercury, and this is my lovely co-host, Michael Leyland. Impulse! No, I get to be the crap one. Impulse was... Well, I've not read anything of Impulse, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> Picking up exactly where we left off in our last... It's not last story, was it? Our last episode. No. <laughs> this is going well tonight already. Uh, Flash 77, shipped on April 13th, 1993, and has a pretty epic cover. Barry Allen is holding Jay Garrick, the first man to hold the mantle of the Flash, over a ledge on a construction site as he rains down super seed... Super seed? Duh! Super speed punches upon him. This is how it's going to go tonight, people. I think you should just accept it and embrace it and accept that this level of incompetence is what you've come to know and love from our show and not think, God, these guys are unprofessional. Mm. Like what I do. (laughs) That's what I think when I listen to us. How do these two chances do it? Anyway, as I was saying, Barry Allen is holding Jay Garrick, the first man to hold the mantle of the Flash, over a ledge on a construction site as he rains down super speed punches upon him. As Wally West, inexplicably a blonde on the cover despite being a redhead in the book, walks away as his costume languishes on the rubbish tip. So Wally walks all the way to this construction site where Barry and Jay are fighting just to throw his costume on the tip. Oh yeah. Does that not seem like a bit of a waste of his time? Just a bit. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it's a Ty Templeton cover, and I think it's mighty fine, to be honest with you. What did uh, you think, Michael? It's all right. It's, it's dynamic. Is it? That's a bit better than all right. Yeah. I'm very impressed. Only a bit. Only a bit, yeah. Apparently it was uh, done in uh, 36. No, that's that's a 93. You're reading it upside down. <laughs> I'm not reading it the right way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, the story contained within 
It's called Suicide Run and is written by Mark Wade, penciled by Greg Lullock, inked by Roy Richardson. It's lettered by Matt Hollingsworth. No, it isn't. It's lettered by Tim Harkins. I can read real good, me. <laughs> it's lettered by Tim Harkins. Matt Hollingsworth actually coloured it. He didn't letter it. He coloured it. He got his little colouring crayons out. <laughs> and he went over this artwork. And then Greg Larock came and said, You've coloured my art! And, and Matt Hollingsworth said, I'm sorry. I thought you left it for me to colour. And, and Greg Larock said, No, no, no. That was my art homework, you doofus. And, and Matt said, I'm real sorry. And, and, and then they didn't do any of that, and, and I just made all that up. <laughs> Can we go for ice cream now? <laughs> um, Brian Augustine lettered it. No, he didn't! Brian Augustine edited it! And Ruben Dias was the assistant editor. <laughs> you did great so far. <laughs> I think we need an assistant editor. Is this the crappiest we've ever been? Well. <laughs> I mean, I know that's a hotly fought contest. <laughs> Maybe the worst you've ever been. Oh, dear me. Um, Wally watches The Flash and Green Lantern on TV in an event relating to Green Lantern issue 40. Apparently, Barry nearly killed Green Lantern in a battle that levelled the Flash Museum, yet Wally has not gone after him. On a nearby construction site, the Flash is ripping apart scaffolding, but before the workers can fall to their doom, the Flash shows up and saves them. The Grey the Jarrick Flash. The Grey Jarrick. Grey Jarrick, that's a spoonerism, isn't it? The Jay Garrick Flash, that is. Along, so why am I even bothering with reading? Why don't I just make it up as I go along? The Jay Garrick shows up, and then Max Mercury shows up, Johnny Quick shows up, and they say they're all here to take back the city. Come back and take the city tonight, or whatever that Snow Patrol song was. Uh, Super Speed, McFightenstein follows with Johnny being taken out quickly. <laughs> T and indeed I, I, I got it. He, uh, but Max and Jay get in a few good licks in the alleyway where Barry was reconstituted Wally looks for clues but unbeknownst to him mere seconds earlier a nondescript man picks up a nondescript book oh you're reading now a book with the emblem of the flash on the cover Back at the building site, Max is more than holding his own against Barry, who's becoming increasingly flustered. He fires a nail gun at him, and even endangers the life of a few civilians to get at Max. Jay, having had enough of this, insert expletive of your choice here, clubs Barry with a girder, but pauses before delivering a fateful blow. Barry takes advantage, super-kicking Jay off the building. Wally spots the bloke who found the book, purely by chance, and buys it off him for $20. What he reads chills him to the bone, which also happened last issue, but I just like the phrase chills him to the bone. Either that or I'm very lazy when it comes to doing notes. It's your choice, lovely listener. <laughs> you, you pick which you want to go for. The option latter. A or option B. Take your box, put it in your thing, vote. Vote, vote. Like like they do when it's a general election. <laughs> At the construction site, Barry gets... I, I, mean, I, I just episode, said... Yes, because obviously I, I'm completely unable I can't even talk (laughs) obviously I'm completely unable to actually read what I've got in front of me so I'm just going to run off at the mouth um yeah, anyway. Yes, I do normally do that anyway. Um, chills him to the have done that, but at the construction site, Barry gains the upper hand and beats Jay to a pulp. He then creates a sandstorm with the building that blinds the newscopter following the story, and the copter loses control. Wally finishes the book and sees two words inscribed in the cover. Jay pulls himself together and manages to save the occupants of the helicopter, but the chopper itself hits the half-built building and explodes. Amidst the conflagration, conflagration... <sighs> Wally, back in red, picks up Jay's helmet. He knows the secret of Barry Allen, 
And now he's gonna bring him down. Well, that was an expertly read synopsis, wasn't expertly, it? Expertly, yeah. I think you would agree. It would. That when they do these funny little podcast awards that we never get nominated for, but we're not in anywhere better. <laughs> uh, I reckon if that's not up for best read synopsis of something that the person who was synopsising it actually wrote himself, but was still unable to read properly, award, that should go to me. Oh, yeah. that, that has my name on it, it that does. award, I reckon. Do you know what I mean? It sounds like an award they would give it out. It sounds like an award that they would give out, and I've not just completely made that up. Anyway, this lovely comic that I tried to talk about but failed miserably. It was a lovely comic. They I did like the comic. That my inability to speak was no reflection upon the qualityness of the material embedded on the pages in print of this. Oh, shut up, Andrew. Page one. I'm slightly irritated that Green Lantern 40 has a chapter of this story in it. Okay. But I went into that last issue. Did you miss Green Lantern 40? I did, I didn't read it. No, that's what I mean. Did you miss it, though? Did it oh. not being here bother you in any way? No, it told me everything I needed to know in this. Exactamon, which was the point I was trying to make last week. There was no need for it. Page three, Wally is suffering from depression. His apartment is covered in pizza boxes and junk food, and the Flash costume is still in the bin. He's not shaved, and he probably smells. But that's just my guess. Smells of poop. Yeah, because comics don't come with smell-o-vision yet. Was it sm- why was it smell-o-vision? How does that in any way make sense? Anyway, the effects... So smell like a dog. Yeah. The effects of depression are very real, and Wally here is deeply upset over his loss of self, his very identity being stripped from him, and he doesn't know how to get it back. Uh, I liked this. I, I really did think that uh, Mr. Mark Wade did a really good job with this, mm. to be honest with you. Speaking of Mark Wade, have you seen that he's selling his comics collection? I have not. Have you not seen that? No. He's selling off his complete comics collection to okay. fund his new digital venture where he's going to publish digital comics but make the money from the advertising. So he's hoping. Uh-huh. So he's selling off all his comics. Which okay. I have no problem with. Okay. He did a lovely little video where he says, I want to release my comics out into the wild so that people can enjoy them and hopefully they will do for other people what they did for me. Okay. Which I have no problem with. It's a okay. very noble idea. I mean, he's selling them for a lot of money, but still, <laughs> the thoughts, the... But then Blast Off Comics, where he's selling them, yeah. have slabbed them. Have they? Yes. Okay. Isn't that contrary to what he said in his little video? Well, yeah. Because if by slabbing them means you can't read them. Yeah. Which means that somebody's not going to read them and get the same excitement that Mark <laughs> Wade got from them, because essentially all he's bought is a piece of plastic. Unless he cut them out of the plastic. But then it's worthless again. But can you cut out the plastic? And he must have signed... Yes, you can, I presume. And Wade must have signed off on this, because in the videos where he's showing you the comics, they're not slabbed. Yeah. So that made no sense to me. But anyway, Michael obviously has no opinion on this. What do you <laughs> think of slabbed comics? I think they're a bit of a waste. I don't mind if they're like Amazing Fantasy 15 or Detective Comics 27 that are genuinely raw. Yeah. And they're not making any more of, and, and all of that good Sounds I don't see the point. Like I, I don't know about the grading, but I've seen Slouch comics which are like five point two, and yet it's a lot worth a lot of money. Even you can see the depends on, on the rarity and scarcity of the issue. Even but I don't see the point of slabbing something that's four point one. Yeah, I don't see the point. I don't even get what a four point one is. I don't, I don't know either. But slabbing a Todd McFarlane Spider-Man number one. What's the point? <laughs> that book was printed in the millions. It's in the 50 cent bins. Why have you slabbed 
Spider-Man number one. Maybe because it says one on it, people think, ooh, lots of money! And they may think it's worth a lot of money, yeah. Uh, anyway, back on this comic, page six and seven. <laughs> Tangential, wasn't it? Page six and seven. Jay is back with his team of elderly speedsters that we saw him recruiting in the last issue. They should call themselves the Flashbacks. Mm. <laughs> they their own cover band. Yes, yes! It could be a band. <laughs> How cool would that be? It would. Uh, uh, the art of that page are awesome, pages six and seven. Hmm. It's a kind of, there's a bit of burn in there, a bit of Dale Keown, but I think it's really good. I really do like that. But mostly Laroque. Mostly Laroque, <laughs> yes. Who really has grown on me as an artist, yeah. has to be said. Uh, page eight, I'm dead impressed with the flash elbowing him in the head. Mm. <laughs> Well, am I the only one who finds it funny that Jay Garrick and Barry Allen are fighting in the construction site? Why should I find that funny? Well, where did Barry Allen and Jay Garrick first meet? Was it a control? Oh, yeah, the cover of... Yeah. Yes, very good. Wow, you're insightful. <laughs> and credit where credit's due. You were right last week. The Flash, what, Barry Allen was remarrying somebody. Oh, why not? Somebody named <laughs> Webb. I can't remember her first name. Rachel or Madam. Something. Madam Webb, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, she had a brothel. <laughs> oh, real name was Fleiss. Uh, the fight scene on pages 8 through 10. Uh, in fact, beginning before that begins, uh, is pretty damned awesome. I do remember there'd be some talk of the Flash being a bit lame. Because, well, what can he do? This is apparently what people would discuss. He can run fast. But when a good writer sits down and actually thinks through all this entails, it leads to some really exciting material. Here Barry picks up a handful of gravel and then fires it off on the building site so fast it hits Johnny Quick with all the force of buckshot. Mm. And it takes him out, doesn't it? Yeah. And does actually look like he's done some serious damage. I also love the distraction technique used by Max and Jay to give Barry a headache, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. He just runs around, he just keeps running around him and smacking him in the head. (laughs) It's very good. Mm. Uh, Page 11. I've gone past where I'm, I'm going to because I was so engrossed in the fight scene. Which you don't even have to be reading to follow it really well. But on page 11, hey Wally, Sonny Crockett called, he wants his outfit back. Well, when was this published? I, I know him. 1993. Why is Wally dressed like, Wally dressed like um, Don Johnson from Miami Vice? Oh, right. So he's at least four years out of date with that outfit. I mean, I know comics live in this kind of limbo fashion wise, but. Come on, Wally. Some decent clothes, lad. You've got a bit of money in the bank now. Page 12 to 15. Did you read this issue? I did, yeah. Because you're not talking. I have notes. Oh, alright. Page 12 through 15. More cool fights. And use of super speed. Max deftly avoids being punctured with a nail gun. And then there are two excellent panels at the top of pages 12 and 13. Showing the flash and Max moving with such swiftness. There's a palpable feeling of vertigo from some of these panels as well as the fight migrating up to the top of the building under construction uh, it's, 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 it's a broken record isn't it mm. but I love this I think the, the, the art in this is really really good and you do get a feeling of speed especially on the top of page 13 where he's jumping he's a bit Spider-Man there isn't he yeah in the acrobatic stake but you know it's no bad thing uh, page 17 through 22 you're probably getting a bit bored of me gushing over this oh the art is so good but it's so good. yeah it is <laughs> and the story is just masterfully constructed the last third of the book juxtaposes Wally's finding the book that 
mysteriously appeared when Barry appeared and in turn finding himself again with Jay and Barry's confrontation and the art and the story are just perfect the, the cliffhanger ending is especially effective uh, with Wally back in his flash costume looking all business holding the book in one hand <coughs> and Jay's Mercury inspired helmet in the other Laroque's art is at the best it's ever been since he took over this comic and he seems to be aware that the story is simply that good as Wade continues to tease out the mystery of Barry Allen because at this point Wally knows what's going on now mm. but we don't it's brilliant I'm loving everything about this it's really cool the only negative I have about it is that Brian Augustine comes across as very snarky in the letters page and he's constant. well I presume it's him because he's the editor yeah. and he's constantly making digs at other stories and other books particularly Marvel which I can live with because it's competition mm. but he's very snarky about the early issues of this book by Mike Barron in one of these letters pages Okay, which I don't think is terribly professional oh, what do you say? Um, they're on about there was one of the annuals where Wally learned how to do that death touch thing and he's like yeah because a superhero known a death touch is real good isn't it and it's like yeah it's a dumb idea but mm. you could just say, no, we've got no intention of revisiting that at the moment. Yeah. Couldn't you? Instead of being snarky about another writer's work. So I don't, I'm not overly big on that. Well, on page 19, yes. <clears throat> the last panel yes. shows uh, Wally run off. Yes. <clears throat> and we see shorthand for really, really fast. Yes. With the page of the book flying away. Right? Uh, do you <clears throat> don't know it's the page of the book. It could just be yeah. rubbish. Well, if it is a page of the book... What if that was an important sheet? Yeah, it's an important page. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's the end of it? Or he finds out that it actually it's not what he thinks it is. It's just a fictitious account by somebody. Yeah. It's not real. <laughs> oh, he could say it's a cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> or he could actually say, and then Barry Allen came back. That'd be quite funny. Yeah. Um, um, on page 2022. 20, <clears throat> yes. Would a helicopter really blow up when it crashes and do that much damage? Well, isn't that the law of um, storytelling that things blow up and make your lots car of will explode for <laughs> no readily explained reason if it drives off a cliff? Yeah. And so the same here, this helicopter will explode if it crashes into something. Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. I mean, you've got the thing that if, if, you're, if gasoline really is that combustible, <laughs> that why, we're all driving around with bombs. Yeah. Because I love that in old TV shows, the car will drive off the cliff and they just blow up! <laughs> Family guy when the horse just looks at the camera's skirt and blows and up. Blows up. <laughs> uh, I thought this was excellent. It was a really good issue. What did you think of it, young Michael? I thought it was good. Good. Yes. I'm, I'm very impressed with it. It was the fight scene in the middle. <clears throat> uh, I really need a drink and I really need to be able to speak, so I'm just going to take a break, though. We'll plug somebody else's show and be right back. For Guy Gardner podcast. I got a fast connection, so I don't have to wait. For Guy Gardner podcasts. There's always some new site. For Guy Gardner podcasts. I browse all day and night. 
for Guy Gardner Podcasts. It's like I'm surfing at the speed of light. For Guy Gardner Podcasts. The internet is for... Guy Gardner Podcasts. The internet is for... And sometimes Kyle Rayner Podcasts. Why you think the net was born? Guy Gardner Podcasts. Just One of the Guys is a weekly internet radio show dedicated to bringing you reviews, commentary, and a heartfelt defense of the characters of Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, the two Earth-based Green Lanterns who always seem to get dumped on. Over the next several years, I will be covering the Green Lantern books from cover date June 1990 until cover date November 2004. I'll also be covering the Guy Gardner solo series, as well as any other media that catches my fancy. The show can be found on iTunes by searching for Just One of the Guys podcast, or by going to the website justoneofthegays.lips.com. So be sure to tune in every Friday for a fun-filled look at the Green Lantern Corps, hosted by me, Sean Ingle. It's just as enjoyable as the search for the subject that this song is actually about. Just one of the guys. Libson.com. Just one of the guys does not officially certify that this podcast is more enjoyable than pornography. <coughs> I was going to say, I'm back and I stumbled over that. Yeah. Oh, dear. You're doing God. great today. I'm doing fantastic, Anna. Mm. Good job we don't get paid for this. No, they want the money back. And we're paid for it, back. If somebody wants to pay us to do it, mm. I'd be more than happy to take the money. <laughs> you know, professional organ operation. <laughs> professional operation like this. Why are people not falling over themselves? <laughs> Why is Kevin Smith not employing us? Yeah. We can do that comic book men TV show, can't we? We could, yeah. No, no, we, we wouldn't be as douchey as Alan Moore as well. <laughs> He's not Alan Moore! <laughs> I don't know his name, but he's not Alan Moore. He's douchey enough. He's douchey enough. I don't know who he is. I can't remember his name. Uh, A tie Templeton cover, Grace's Flash 78, which came out on May the 11th, 1993. An almost full-page Barry Allen floaty head fills the cover. As underneath, Wally J, Max and Johnny Quick stand all clenchy fists and grimacing visage. To save the city, proclaims the cover, they would have to defeat their most deadly foe, Barry Allen. It's a pretty damn defective cover, except you have to know who Barry Allen is for it to work. Yeah. Don't you? Well, why would you just pick this one issue up if you kind of weren't reading Flash at the moment? Because it's entirely possible people have been saying, do you know the Flash is really good at the minute? Okay. So and you'd go and pick that one up, wouldn't you? Well, well. But it's, it's, it's alright. And then you'd be reading the issue going, I don't get any of it. Good You don't need to read everything else to... No, you just need to read the other four issues. No, you don't. I think you could read one issue of this and understand what's going on okay. quite easily. You need to know Barry Allen is. Yes, that does help. <laughs> it does help the story. Reading the return of Barry Allen, if you know who Barry Allen is. And reading Crisis make him a bit handy as well. It's a bit. It's not wholly necessary, I don't think. Okay. Uh, entitled The Blitzkrieg. It's by all the same people. Blitzkrieg Bob. <laughs> Don't quote Ramon's songs at me. Uh, uh, what are we doing? Um, yes, entitled The Blitzkrieg. It's by all the same people, so let's make like a tampon and press on. Wally is being tutored in the ways of the Speed Force by Johnny Quick. Max Mercury tries to convince him that Quick's way isn't the only way, and after a brief explanation of how we saved Jay from the exploding helicopter, he explains that Wally may not be as fast as Barry because he's thinking too much. 
Wally's never been accused before of thinking too much. Wally may love his powers, but he loved his Uncle Barry more, and that's holding him back. Wally hesitates. He asks Jay, who says he has faith in the Flash. No longer a kid, inquires Wally. Jay says that Wally's earned the name, The Flash. Before things can get all mushy, Jay asks what's the revelation concerning Barry. Wally tells the flashbacks, and they hatch a plan. Over at the state pen, Barry lets free numerous prisoners and incapacitates the guards, taking their weapons and handing them over to the cons. Jay Garrick, Johnny Quick and Max Merch... For God's sake! Max Merchandise. Max Merchandise, merchandise, where the real money from the show is made. Uh, Max Mercury show up and hijinks ensue. Wally, meantime, is over at what's left... I like the word hijinks. (laughs) Wally, meantime, is over at what's left of the Flash Museum following the altercation with Green Lantern. He searches amidst the rubble for a ring that he will need to bring down a rouge flash. No, a rogue flash. <laughs> I suppose he is rouge, isn't he? Well, yeah. He is in red, I suppose. This is going really well tonight, love. Can you tell? I'm just not. I can't speak. Which is kind of a barrier to doing a, a, an internet radio show. And I was just looking at your ass. Um, if we get a camera do it in terms of dance. I'm not going on film. We could work bags over our head. We could. <laughs> that, that could be our gimmick. Yeah. We're prepared for bags over our we, head. We could go Daft Punk. We could. Hijinks continue at the state pen as the cons break out the tear gas, which is a bad move against two human whirlwinds. Johnny and Max get the riot gear back at the hands of the guards as Jay and Barry wail on each other. Barry fakes Jay out, but Jay fights back, tearing the flash emblem from Barry's chest, saying he doesn't deserve to wear it. Barry has had enough. He delivers a few more well-placed super-speed kicks to the ribs of Jay Garrett, then breaks his leg. With Jay down, Mercury and Quick are no match for Barry, who knocks both of them out and runs over to the Flash Museum, ready to claim his title as the one true Flash. He reaches the museum, but of course Wally is already there. He passes the ring over to him and tells him to put the costume on that's in it. Barry looks at it and acknowledges its familiarity. Wally explains how he found the book, The Life Story of the Flash, how this couldn't possibly be a boot Barry could possess, or indeed anyone from the present could possess. It's the complete life history of Barry Allen, from birth to death. A book that could and only... Birth again. And birth again, yes. From birth to death and rebirth. A book that could only come from the future. And it came with the owner of the book. Inscribed on the front page... That, that ruined the dramatic moment, didn't it? It did. Inscribed on the front page, property of Erobard Thorne, Professor Zoom. The reverse flash. It's pretty hard to go page by page here as these first few pages flow so wonderfully at the beginning of this issue. Wade devotes a little space here and there to the different speedsters and their personal philosophies. Johnny Quick subscribes to mathematical equations to explain how he does what he does. The power of positive thinking. Do you like that? Do you know, I think that was a bit hippy-dippy? Well... It goes opposite with the anti-life equation, which is a mathematical equation. I suppose so, yeah. Max Mercury is very zen and the art of speed. Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance. Zen and the art of going to the lavatory. Those kind of things. It listens to Hendrix a bit. It listens to Jimi Hendrix a bit, yeah. Uh, Wally's all about science, whilst Jay thinks it's all in the heart. Wow, he's the James T. Kirk of it all, isn't he? Are they all a bunch of hippies? All in there. Yeah, they're all a bunch of hippies apart from Wally. We're causing cross-town <laughs> Wally's all about science! And all the others are like, no, man, gotta be one with the speed force, dude. <laughs> it's in here, in here, yay. 
maths, dude. Why that blow your mind? You can just flow. <laughs> you can float through the speed force. Whoa, everybody's <laughs> tiny. Dude, try this, man. I got it from Jamaica. <laughs> um, uh, all kidding aside, which we were doing because we're just not taking anything seriously tonight. I thought this was a lovely little scene, especially when Max outlines his theory on why Wally isn't as fast as Barry. Wally doesn't want to replace Barry. He wants to honour him. And the minute he can do anything that Barry could do, he has replaced him. Mark Wade once again masterfully plays out the tension here as Wally explains to the other characters what he thinks has happened to Barry. But he doesn't tell us, the readers! No, he doesn't. Oh, man, it's infuriating and captivating both at the same time. Again, you can go to sleep now if you want to. The art's fantastic. You can wake back up now. Well... The mathematical equation. Yes. The three times two brackets y nine y z brackets four a. Yeah. Is uh, the equation that allows Johnny Quick to have the powers, um, have his powers of the Speed Force, and what Max and Jay are on about, what I think anyway, is grounding rods, which are people or places or things that they'd concentrate on whilst running, and so they don't get carried away by the Speed Force, which is apparently evil. Is it? Yeah. Did you just make all that up, or is that genuine? I didn't, so that's pretty genuine. I'm very impressed. Mm-hmm. Very it's good. Speed Force apparently is evil, according to Rebirth. Is it? Yeah, because it's trying to pull Barry back and kill him again, but Barry's no, I want to live. See, I've read a few more of these now, after yeah. last week's episode, mm. but I haven't got to the Speed Force yet. Right. I've just got to the bit where Wally has gone to him to ask how he taps into it. Right. Because they've just done a story where uh, some supervillain was trashing a mall... Yeah. And there was a fire in a shop, and Wally races to it and says to a guy, is there anyone in there? And he says, I don't think so. So he races off, and he rescues a lift that's falling down. Yeah. And he saves the ten people in the lift. There and was later on, the fire, there like was somebody in the fire who is suing him for damages because he didn't rest because she didn't rescue her. And it's so annoying that he didn't check because they were like, well, even you can't be two places at once. But he's like, if I'd looked in, it would have took me, what, a microsecond to get her out of the fire, and I still could have rescued the lift yeah and then he goes to him he goes to is it Max yeah who knows about the speed force he goes to Max and says right explain this this equation to me it's still not been called the speed force yet no it's Johnny is it Johnny Quick yeah. we're mixing up our, our speedsters because there's so many of them so that's where I'm up to in my giant read through uh, it's really good okay. I'm really digging on this uh, you're not convincing me that Jeff Johns' stuff's better than this <laughs> I'm not having any of that filth uh, Page 10. Barry's face in the last panel. Mm. I'm insane! <laughs> he is. He looks like the Joker. Well, yeah. He's quite, quite mad. Uh, page 11. And you can feel that punch that Jay Garrett gives Bannel in panel 4. Mm. I don't know who Bannel is. Bannel. He's kind of like Barry Allen, if he just amalgamated his name into one. Bannel and Flarry. Bannel, <laughs> Bannel and Flarry. <laughs> oh, yes, he knocks his cowl loose. Mm. That was quite a super speed chop, that. Would it be funny if he broke his, his, his jaw there and the issue ended? Just flew off. Yeah, just, his jaw just flies off. <laughs> like those old, issues of, those old issues, those old episodes of the Superman show with George Reeves where he just like punches people in the face. And I was longing for the outtakes where one bad guy's jaw flies out the window and another one he knocks his head clean off. <laughs> that would be so funny. Uh, next one, he just punches his head right through his face. Just dread moment. Yeah. 
brilliant. That would be an excellent episode of a 1950s Superman TV show. Where he goes, oops, sorry. <laughs> well, he didn't kill those two people in the one episode. It, what, where he left them on a mountain and said, don't yeah. move. Oh, you know, I can't be held responsible for what I like. Ah, I told you not to move. It's your own fault. Not my fault. Page 12, 13. I think is introspection done well. Wally knows what has to be done. Doesn't mean he has to like it or look forward to it. And there's a bit of trepidation is good for you. Stops you getting cocky. Because he spends those two pages walking through the destroyed Flash Mansion. Museum. Museum. <laughs> oh, dear God. And uh, picking up the ring, Barry Allen. Is it Barry's ring? No. Whose ring? Oh, no, it's the reverse. Flash's ring, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It's just not been a Unless good he's picking up Barry's ring and then we see, then see him running into the rogues gallery room. So maybe he puts the costume in the rogues gallery room in the ring. Yeah, true. Uh, page 16, I think, is an underhanded trick where Barry pretends to be, it's me, your friend, and Jay hesitates for a minute. Or multi-handed in his case. <laughs> there is that, yeah. Where he's, the last panel where he's punching him multiple times. He's just so mean. Mm. This Barry Allen. I don't know who he is, but he's not Barry Allen. Uh, page f- page 18. No, I've not got there yet. Page 17. Page 17, which leads to Jay ripping the Flash album from Barry's chest. Album? He's not wearing an album on his chest. He's wearing an emblem. Oh. He could be wearing an um, Queen album on him. He could. He could be wearing the Flash Garden one. <laughs> in reverse yes bum bum ah flash bum 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 oh shuffle <laughs> shuff <laughs> the, the uh, Twin Peaks trick yeah <laughs> yeah the little dwarf walking backwards uh, page 18 no still on page 17 <laughs> page 17 leads to Jay ripping the flash emblem from Barry's chest and the symbolism positively drips off the page uh, Barry Allen is no longer the flash well, until Jeff Johns and Dan DiDio get a hold of him anyway. Jay turns Barry into Kirk. Yeah. Jay turns into Barry Kirk. Oh, by having his shirt ripped. Yeah. And his big manly chest <laughs> on display while he's fighting people. Women? <laughs> yeah. Fall before me! For I am Shatner. <laughs> Page 18. Breaking Jay's legs pretty ruthless. He escapes from Max and Johnny pretty easily, all things considered, but A, they must be pretty exhausted by now, given that they're getting on in years, and purely on a dramatic level. The audience is crying out for Wally versus Barry. Mm. We don't want Max Mercury, Johnny Quick and Jay Garrick versus Barry. Not really. We want Wally West. And the art is awesome! Well, the uh, Jay legs breaking thing does have its ramifications with him not being able to run as fast or for long ever. Oh, right, did that? Because he carry on with that. In Final Crisis, he said he couldn't carry on running with Wally and Barry because his leg gave out. Right. All right, so this, this, did you follow up on this? Yeah. Very good. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, and so the last few pages were all is revealed is absolutely gripping stuff. The exposition is expertly handled, the drama is milked for all it's worth we don't see the costume Wally gives to Barry until the very last page and the final splash page is one of the best cliffhangers we've had in a story that has been full 
of excellent cliffhangers, in my humble opinion. It was probably much more effective if you've read The Flash a lot before this and knew who the reverse Flash was, yeah. which I didn't. Do you not? I knew who he was from a knowing who he was standpoint. Yeah. But I would imagine this was like reading a Batman comic five or six years or however long it's been after the Joker was killed off and having him be back. And the best thing about this is Wade doesn't end up contradicting the story. Yeah. He's still dead at the end of this, isn't he? Yeah. Because this is him before he met Barry. But as after, we will explain next yeah. issue. Well, if you read this issue backwards, it's quite similar to Flashpoint 2. Okay, in the sense that it's got nothing to do with <laughs> it at all. But the, the, the costume changes because Barry ends up having the reverse Flash costume in Flashpoint. If you read your comics backwards, you are Satan. <laughs> Uh, there's some great adverts in this as well we mentioned last week that this is a fantastic time to be reading DC Comics not only as uh, Nightfall kicked off there's a trade paperback episode of Azrael which I think we mentioned when we were doing Nightfall but there's an advert for Nightfall Chapter 10 which is the great Kelly Jones cover of all the rats swarming on Batman's face and on the back of that the cyborg Superman the reign of the Superman is upon us, which is fantastic. It's the cyborg Superman with the uh, destroyed American flag. That's a fantastic piece of art, that. Mm. When I was reading Reign of the Superman... What's signature, sir? Jurgens and Breeder. Oh, Jurgens. Oh, yeah. Superman Dan Jurgens drawing Superman. It's hitherto <laughs> unknown. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't it? I love Dan Jurgens. You're wrong. Well, it's not that I dislike him. No, I know. I get what you're saying. You're just wrong. Uh, the next issue of The Flash is one we'll be talking about after a quick break. said Mongo, didn't he? That's wrong character, wrong universe, and wrong galaxy. Hold on just one sec. Ah, here we go. Flash Legacies, a podcast connecting the adventures of Wally West, the third hero to be known as The Flash. Join me, Dave Walker, in my bi-weekly journey as I look at Wally's career from when he first donned the mantle of the Flash all the way up to the return of Barry Allen. Find me at flashlegacies.limpson.com Flash 79... Oh, I didn't say I'm back. I just went right into it. That's not very professional, is it? That's the least of our worries tonight. (laughs) Isn't it? Yeah. that I didn't come back in from the adverts properly. It's going to be a great editing job. Yes, yes. It's, if, if in post-production this ends up... Ends, oh, for sake. If in post-production this ends up not sounding shambolic... Yeah. I don't think there's much I can do with this. No. To be honest with you. Just don't completely edit it. I'd leave it just leave it, it as yeah. is. So just leave this one. Yeah. Put it out there unedited. Loved. Unloved. Unedited. Hey, just hey, toss it out. Hey, kids, comics raw. 
<laughs> kids comics raw well, so that everyone can see just how cack we are now like, <laughs> yeah. after, before I polish it the turd that is our show up <laughs> with pretty little background music and bleeps and sound effects <laughs> this is what we're really like it's crap <laughs> oh dear me pitched off for god's sake Flash 79, not page 79. <laughs> Flash 79 has a special place in my heart because it came out on June 15th, 1993. My 21st birthday. Which I would have known. You wouldn't know, would you? Because you don't know when my birthday is, do you? I don't know when my birthday September is. September 29th. How old am I? 16. <laughs> Let's think about that for a second. <laughs> No, I don't love you. It's just, you know, I don't care. As long as I buy you presents, what do you care how do you know that I don't know how old you are? Suppose. There you go. You have a rat's ass, do you? As long as I buy you stuff on your birthday, you're not bothered. I suppose buying my love is a great way to yeah, do it. It works, doesn't it? Yeah, to buy me something. Okay. Uh, it's got a cover by Ty Templeton. Again, the flash runs at reverse flash. His arms swinging at super speed. As he winds up for a punch as Reverse Flash stands upon the prone bodies of Johnny Quick and Jay Garrick in the wreckage of the Flash Museum. You messed with my memories, threatened my city and hurt my friends. The Flash inexplicably has time to say in a bad impression of Clint Eastwood, and now you're gonna pay. There's also a decapitated Kid Flash head. There is, but it's a doll. They've not really decapitated Kid Flash. (laughs) (laughs) They would nowadays. I'm I'm pretty sure. Probably got its deep and meaningful representation you think it's symbolic of being the end of Kid Flash while he is the Flash now Barry Allen's dead get over it either that or the minute that Flash runs through that doorway reverse Flash he's just going to punch his head off yeah very possibly that that would be amusing which would be like a triple sized issue of one panel yeah this is a triple sized issue I didn't mention that did I it's a triple sized issue it cost a whopping £1.50 in this country $2.50 in America which is cheap still cheaper than comics are now isn't yeah. it? but our Commonwealth buddies in Canada was this a fiver over that was $3.25 for them I feel so sorry for, sorry for the Canadians the Canadians seem to get screwed on everything well maybe they? it's different for them you think that that is equivalent yeah that it's not $3.25 is just an extortion amount of money. Because yeah. I don't know what the Canadian exchange Unless rate is. Unless the Americans is. genuinely are discriminated. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make you pay a fortune for our comic books. Yeah. Oh, if anyone in Canada can explain to us, if we have any listeners in Canada, I don't yeah. know. If, if we have any listeners in Canada and you can explain to us how this pricing system works, do you really pay a lot more for these comics? than they do in America <laughs> no they just steal them why, why bother with the uh, amount of money let's just steal them because if you live near the New York end of Canada can't you just drive to New York and buy your comics oh. <laughs> would that not be cheaper I don't know it's anyway through, uh, um, you're getting through customs yeah. yeah I suppose so uh, it's a very striking and colourful cover but I don't think it's as good as the other ones there's something a bit um, a bit off about this one I don't know for one thing Reverse Flash seems a bit thick around the waistline for a runner. And his ears are a bit big. Mm. His earpieces. Do you not think? I don't know how they'd be aerodynamic. <laughs> Imagine if he ran under something and it caught the ears and pulled them off. It'd be a bit miffed, wouldn't it? Uh, for another, would Wally really have time to say all of that when he's moving at super speed? They always have conversations at super speed. It's like, I'm going to stop for a minute to say something dramatic and then speed at you. 
Yeah, I suppose so. It was triple size, as I've already mentioned. The Once and Future Flash is by the same creative team, except there's a new colorist called Gina Going. Going. Home. Gone. Home. Like the Flash. Like the Flash. Yes. Right, this is going to be a long synopsis, so I'm going to try and not mess it up. Don't me to do it. You can do it if you want. Okay, fair enough. Reverse Flash, enraged, hurls a super speed punch at Flash, but Wally anticipates it and ducks. The Flash and the Reverse Flash trade blows and exposit. This Eobard Thorne tells Wally he's never met Barry Allen. At least not yet. Thorne stops beating on Wally and circles him slowly like a shark. Wally knows Reverse Flash is faster than him. So what's he waiting for? He tells Flash of the 25th century, a sterile and cold place. So, Buck Rogers was wrong and Disco didn't come back. I'm very upset by that. Uh, where crime has been eradicated, but so have heroes. Eobard worshipped the past, specifically the Flash, specifically Barry Allen. One of the few items to survive into Eobard's time was the life story of the Flash, a book written in the waning days of the 20th century that covered in detail Barry's life and death. And it was... DC did a graphic novel, The Life Story of the Flash, that was that book in the late 90s, yeah. Uh, uh, supposedly written by Iris Al, but actually written by Mark Webb. Uh, Eobard read that book until he had it memorised. He dreamt about meeting Barry, about being Barry. He had plastic surgery to look like his hero and one day committed murder for him. Finding the cosmic treadmill in an antique store, he invested many hours and all his finances in duplicating the Flash's powers so he could operate the treadmill as Barry had done at super speed. The treatment was painful and cost him many years, but it was all worth it. Donning a replica of the Flash's costume and picking up his prized biography, he activated the cosmic treadmill. The rigours of temporal space nearly tore him apart, shredded the costume, but he managed it. He returned to the past, facing mirrored images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown... Oh no, that's Quantum Leap, isn't it? Yeah. But he was in the wrong era. In the ultimate irony, Eobard had managed to travel back in time, but not far enough. Eobard visited the Flash Museum and was struck with a thought. He could return Barry Allen to greatness, take his place and continue his glorious career. But whilst touring the museum, Eobard sees that there was only one man whom the Flash ever killed. Eobard Thorne. Thorne would realise his life ambition, only to be killed by his idol. Thorne's mind snapped at this news. Shocked and confused, his subconscious reinvented himself. Not as Eobard Thorne, but as Barry Allen. Thoroughly believing this delusion was how he'd managed to fool everybody, including the Green Lantern Ring. Flash says he has to return to the future, but Eobard says if he stays here, he can live indefinitely. And the only way to make that happen is to destroy the cosmic treadmill. The Flash confuses him with paradoxes of time and he attacks the Flash. The cavalry arrive in the shape of Green Lantern, Johnny Quick and Max Mercury, but Professor Zoom takes them out easily. Lantern comes back and encases Thorn in rubble generated by his ring, but Thorn just vibrates and escapes, saying that he'll be back to kill Wally, just like he did Jay Garrick. Jay, of course, is not dead, but Thorn did break his leg in six places. Wally says that this is his fight anyway, and gives the life history of the Flash book to Jay to read. He's astonished to find that it will be written in a few years' time, and who it will be written by. Wally says that everyone else is to stand ready in case he fails, but otherwise to not interfere. 
Thor needs to be returned to the 25th century so history can proceed as usual. The expositional news network, TM Michael Bailey, is on in the background just as Thorne takes control of the airwaves. And wouldn't you know it, Linda Park is hosting the show. That's the reason Thorne picked this show after all. He starts to vibrate his fingers closer and closer to Linda's brain, exactly how Iris Allen was killed. But the flash arrives and whisks her from Thorne's grasp. Thorne repays the flash by laying the smack down on him. Rain of blows all moving at the speed of sound pound on the flash and he's beaten in seconds. Thorne says that the battle isn't over. When he's finished, the only flash people will remember is him. Wally is now in any of that. After a quick moment with Linda, he sprints off after Thor. Wally embraces his power. The ability was always there, but he was afraid of eclipsing Barry, but he's now more afraid of Thorn tarnishing Barry's memory. Now, as fast as Thorn, the fight is in stalemate. But then Wally... I was doing so well. But then Wally's luck runs out and he slips on the wet floor. Thorn seizes the opportunity, but a fluke flash of lightning distracts him, giving Wally time to strike. Evenly matched, Thorn is horrified. He didn't expect a fur fight, and Wally beats him down. Thorne starts snivelling that Wally can't do this, that he's Barry Allen. Wally says he'll never be Barry Allen. Wally is tempted to kill Thorne, but says maybe he should torture him, as he's done with Wally. Wally activates the cosmic treadmill and says he's going to go back to the future. Maybe to taunt Thorne, maybe to just kill him as a baby. Thorne jumps after him and disappears, reappearing in 2460, again due to the time distillation effects, with no memory of the journey. Wally figured all this out when Thorne had no memory of ever fighting Wally West before he thought he fought Barry Allen. He leapt off the treadmill as Thorne leapt on so fast Thorne doesn't see it, and history, both past and future, can unfold as it always has. In the epilogue, Wally muses that Barry is finally laid to rest. He notes that Iris Allen must be still alive, somewhere, because she's got a book to write. The life story of The Flash. Wally doesn't read the book and tosses it into the sea. The future is his. He's Wally West. The Flash. Cool! I loved this. I, re- I cannot... I can't mask my enthusiasm for it behind my cynical British exterior. Oh. I just thought this was fantastic. The entire flashback to the last five pages, which takes place in the, the first couple of pages of this book, takes place in the blink of a single super speed punch, mm. which I do quite like. It's very action packed and cinematic cinematic and slow mo it's great isn't it yeah. it's fantastic it's oh, it's just great it's just brilliant pages one through six um this is where comic book time really isn't worth thinking about barry showed up on christmas eve right which yeah. you mentioned last issue and story-wise this can't be more than a few weeks after that mm-hmm. but this issue shipped in june but as far as the character concerned, it's still only in the middle of January, which would be fine if in another four or five issues' time we didn't have another Christmas issue. Okay. So, comic book time, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. Maybe we just meant to believe that nothing happened in the middle. Yeah, maybe you just didn't do anything interesting for six months. Yeah. Well, uh, page eight, yeah. Thorne seemed to be a little childish here. <laughs> no, you're dead. No, you're I know dead. you are. No, you said dead. you are, but no, what you're am I? Dead. Mum of you. Getting my big brother to beat your big brother up. I'm gonna get Jay Garrick on you. 
Oh crap, not him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, another thing that comic fans turn a blind eye to are the flashes talking at super speed as well. Suppose because they have a really long conversation in relation to the speed of the fight. It was Reverse Flash who said an entire speech bubble in one word. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, this is it's a staple of comics, isn't it? Spider-Man can traverse the entire length of New York whilst having one conversation, normally with himself. Mm. When it was Spider-Man, <laughs> only talking to himself as he crisscrosses New York. Batman will talk to Alfred as he speeds through the city for Gotham as he speeds through the city of Gotham covering miles in the space of a conversation and fight scenes that should take seconds will have huge monologues yeah. who cares, it's comics that's why comics are cool um, page 8 I did wonder, has Wally just told the reverse Flash's future? or do you think finding out that you're going to get killed by the, your idol is already telling him too much of the future? or maybe that's his origin and that's why he was a villain of Barry Allen yeah. But something tells me he's uh, going to be forgetting anyway. Yeah, his he's, he's reset button's going to be mentioned, I suppose. Uh, page 10 and 11, there seems to be a very definite subtext here concerning comic book fans. Did you not get that? Yeah. Reverse Flash represents the fans who can't let go of Barry, that keep writing and say, so when's Barry coming back? So when's Barry coming back? It's a comic, he's going to be back, right? Yeah, he's going to be back, isn't he? This Wally guy, he's all right, but when's Barry coming back? Uh, it's no secret ever since... Crisis on Infinite Earth and Barry died there was a subset of DC Comics fandom who just couldn't let it go mm. and wanted the hero back and DC remained resolute Barry was dead, he died to save the universe, he's not coming back uh, and I think it's fair to say that was probably the impetus for this story, finally Wally is given the chance here to step out of his mental shadow and be his own man it's the whole point of the story when you boil it down to its essence it's not reading too much into it, I don't think, to read the reverse Flash as an analogue for those fans. Yeah. The ones that can't let go and wanted Barry back. The only difference is they won't have the next nut. Well, that's true. <laughs> and also, if they stuck around long enough, they had the last laugh. Yeah. Does Wally even exist in New 52? Um, no, but I have read that Francis Manipal and whoever else is doing it have plans, have given Didio plans to bring him back. Right, because The Flash is one of the best books that they're currently doing, Yeah, isn't it? It really is good if you're not reading the current Flash if series. for its art. Yeah, but the story's pretty cool as well. I yeah. mean, my only complaint with it is it is still a fast read. Yeah. Slow down a bit, tell us a story. But it's good. It's one of the best books they're currently publishing. Uh, page 15. There's a lot of cool artefacts in the Flash Museum for long-time readers, not least of which seems to be a recreation of a couple of old Flash covers. Because uh, Flash 113 from 1969 is there. The yeah. one with the trickster. I couldn't find the other ones in my research, but I presume that they're all old covers. Probably. Of some description. Yeah, not first appearances. They may be. I don't know that that's the first appearance of the trickster walking in the sky and he would be played by Mark Hamill. Mm. Clever that, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when you take a minute to get stuff. It's like I can see the cogs <laughs> clicking into place and they, oh yeah, Skywalker, <laughs> Mark Hamill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. Command D. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, page 16 and 17 are really, really good. Unfortunately, did you like the art? Was I did. the story good? Yes. Sorry. 
if my enthusiasm embarrasses you, <laughs> all cynical, de- detached 16-year-old. Does it embarrass me? It's just funny to hear you say it all the time. It's funny what, for me to have me thoroughly enjoying something after a couple of weeks of having to endure stuff. Well, well no, you, you, you don't say, oh, I enjoyed it, it was good. You always say it, it was always... It is, it's, this is fantastic. You're a child on Christmas. Yes! This is why comics are cool. They make me feel like good comics... Well, make me feel like I'm a child again. Rob Liffield makes you feel like shit. Rob Liffield makes me feel sick. Physically. <laughs> physically, physically sick. I look at his art and think, he gets paid for this! <laughs> his legs and his body and his legs and no legs! He's got no legs! <laughs> Sorry, I turned into John Rambo for a second. <laughs> I could have been talking about Rob Liffield's arc. He's got no feet. I'm looking at him. He's got two shots. He's got no feet. I just need Colonel Troutman to give me a big hug. <laughs> anyway, enough dissing on Rob Liffield. Who I understand's a really nice bloke. So I'm not. I'm, it's not personal, Rob. I just. I'm just. I'm just not big on your art. Sorry. Uh, I don't know about the Flash. I don't know enough about the Flash is history to say if this is a retcon that Thorne becomes Barry before he becomes Professor Zoom if that fits into continuity or tramples all over it but read in isolation it's a really effective story twist and they milk it for all it's worth Thorne already a few cents short on the dollar snaps completely over the news that he will be murdered by his idol and his subconscious creates a new identity helping deal with it this is actually a real thing yeah. called internalization of states of mind in which you reinvent yourself from sounds, the inside out as your idol or role model it sounds like a 90s album <laughs> internalization of states of mind yeah that would be a good 90s indie album wouldn't it mm. probably a grunge band probably maybe some sub Pearl jam knockoff <laughs> the spin doctors or, or a sonic youth experiment experimental album or a sonic youth experimental album yeah uh, page 21 I thought they'd got rid of the Green Lantern's allergy to yellow. No, it's a Jones thing. Is it Jeff Jones who will get rid of that? Yeah, because even in All-Star, Batman and Robin, Batman and uh, Robin just sit there laughing at him because he's uh, yeah, everything I, yellow. I thought that was just All-Star Frank Miller being a... a I was just going to say a rude word. <laughs> being a tit. Is that a rude word? I don't know. I think we can get away with tit. I could okay. be talking about the birds. Little birds. Tweet, 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 little birds. Okay. Which is a talking head song. We're very musical tonight, aren't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, page, every night. As we are all the time, yeah. Page 26. Wade plays with us again like a master manipulator. Like the last issue, the characters now know something we don't. And this creates even more tension. Who wrote the life story of The Flash? The tell Flash. me, Mark, tell me! But better than that, he does actually tell us by the end of the issue. What would so have he, been better than Iris Allen would have been Mark Wade? Mark Wade wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Okay. Uh, page 27. I do think Wally's friends could have been a bit more encouraging, <laughs> couldn't they? Yeah. It's like, well, physically, we're talking suicide, Wally. You're no match for him. And, uh, just leave me alone. They're, they're, they're only talking to him like that because they love him, really. Yeah, <laughs> just don't want him being, what's his name? Being beaten up. Mm. Um, on page 28, Obard looks like. Bar- uh, he looked like Barry last issue and said he had plastic surgery, right? Hmm. So when did he go back to looking like he really does with these I, I funny hair? See, yeah, I, see, didn't, I didn't quite understand that. How did he stop looking like Barry? That yellow costume just does wonders. 
Does he? Is he on the bottom of page twenty-eight? Is he shaking his head so much that I don't know the plastic surgery comes undone, or the mask, or whatever it is he's wearing, falls off? Or I don't know. I didn't quite understand that, so I'm sure somebody can explain that to me because I'm obviously a bit dense tonight anyway, and I can't speak. So uh, page twenty-nine through thirty are. Oh, just so, so very, very good. This is how the Flash should be portrayed. We see the after effects of Linda. Of Linda? We see the after effects of Linda having her brain wiped <laughs> by the flashes, by reverse Flash's fingers. Um, the after effects of Wally running to Linda. We don't actually see the Flash himself. It reminded me of the Justice League cartoon where we just see the Flash disappear and then reappear. Yeah. Sometimes even looking like he was in two places at once because he's moving too fast for the human eye to discern. I like that interpretation of the Flash. We don't even see him move. Hmm. I think that's really cool. Page 32 and 33 is... Oh, so, so very, very good. The Thorn. The Thorn? As in the Rosenthorn? The Thorn in my Grand side. Grand Admiral Thrawn? Just keeps on beating me, that Thorn in my side. <laughs> Oh, it's nice to hear you sing. <laughs> Page 32 and 33, Thorn really punishes the Flash. Far more effective than the blood and guts approach used today. We still see Wally get beaten quite severely, but it's the description of the blows, Thorn's fists moving at the speed of sound, and the sound of bone on bone that makes this really effective. It's hard to imagine that they wouldn't milk that for a blood fest. Bone on bone palm. No. <laughs> that would be Mimbari Palm from Babylon 5. Bone on bone. What's that? Because the, the Mimbari have them bones around the head. Oh, right. Like, like Doomsday. Yeah. Just, just mentioning that. Uh, page 48. The culmination of the final fight between Eobard Thorn, the reverse Flash, and Wally West, the Flash. And as with everything else in this story, it's exceptionally well choreographed and well written. Wally really rises to the challenge. And for the first time, really since the boot began, we see Wally as a hero doing what needs to be done for somebody else. In this case, a deceased someone, but nevertheless, a heroic act. That being said, I have my first criticism of the art. On page, whilst Wally's evil grin as he disappears forward in time on panel four of page 47 which is the is awesome I really don't get the feeling of speed on the following page mm. as Thorn follows him on the treadmill and given how good Rock has been on the previous umpty um pages of the fight between the two flashes it's just a bit disappointing isn't it looks like he's tripping over yeah it looks like he's, he's stumbling rather than moving really fast it's a minor niggle maybe he's fast stumbling possibly it's, yeah, it's a minor niggle in an otherwise excellently drawn book. Uh, I mentioned in part one last week that although I enjoyed this book under other writers, Wally wasn't terribly heroic, and he just kind of blundered through his life and adventures that fell into his lap. Whilst this works as a metaphor for a young man in his 20s, it started to get a bit dull, especially as Messner Loeb seemed to be far more interested in fleshing out the supporting cast instead of developing Wally. And Mark Wade has just fixed it all in a few short issues. Not only has he made Wally front and centre 
in the story he's had him step out from Barry's shadow and become his own man as well as becoming a true hero Wade gets that this is first and foremost a superhero comic not a navel gazing study of what it's like to be in your early 20s and how difficult it is to not know your place in the world blah 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 Barry still seems to be a character in the, in the comic given you how much he was referenced both in the stories and the letters pages didn't seem like a month went by without somebody saying well, so when are you going to bring Barry back uh, and it felt to me, reading these issues, that Wally wasn't being allowed to step into the Flash's boots. With this story, the legend of Barry Allen is laid to rest, and Wally, and the reader, is free of the legacy. If DC had had the cojones to carry on with this, who knows where it all would have led. But although it took 20 years, there's a certain subset of comics fandom that can't let things go. And these people have gone on to become the comics creators today, and they want Barry Allen back. And these are the people the story was aimed at to begin with. It's not difficult to read Wade getting a little meta-textual here and saying, look, I liked Barry, you liked Barry, but Barry's gone. And in Wally West, we finally had somebody worthy of the mantle. It's all spelt out in an excellent epilogue. And as I go forward reading this book from here, I hope Barry Allen references are few and far between, because finally, this feels like Wally West's book. And I wrote all of the above before I read the letters page. And damn it if Matt Wade doesn't say exactly the same thing in his little afterword, but far more eloquently than I say it. I thought it was very funny as well, with the rifle up in the uh, tower. Yeah, with people constantly asking him when's Barry coming back, and he got to the point where he's just going to go with a rifle Mm. in the tower and just shoot the next person who asked him. When's Barry coming back? Do you believe Matt Wade would do that? I do, actually. Okay, fair enough. Sounds like a Bill X sketch as well. Yeah. Well, we should back in fact, we should up. <laughs> um, again, there's a couple of good adverts in here, but the best one by far is the reign of the Superman one, where the cyborg Superman is crushing Superboy. Oh, I love the cyborg Superman. I love the reign of the Superman. I think reign of the Superman is just fantastic. Uh, Nightfall has got to chapter 15 where Bane is supreme and bloodlines happen because it was the 90s and we couldn't have something without blood in it. Blood shot, blood kill, blood bath. Yes. Blood slaughter. <laughs> blood and guts. Blood and chrome. Blood and that's periods. That's the new thing, isn't it? Yeah, so it's the new Battlestar Galactica thing. What did, what did you think of this? Or oh, oh, Jeff Johns Flash fan? I thought it was really good. Did you really? I did. Good, I'm very, I'm very glad you thought it was really I, I did read them all last week as well. Yeah, I, well, I did the same. I read all six in one go. Yeah. And it was like, it was good because it gave me a week off from doing notes because I did all the notes at the same time. But then I'm sat here now going, I read this over two weeks ago and I remember what happened. <laughs> you didn't remember your words anyway. I didn't know and I've got it scripted, so I don't know why I bother. Uh, next week is a very special episode. Is it? It's me going solo. Oh, right. Sorry, Mike. Oh, it's okay. For reasons that will come apparent next week, this episode has already been recorded many, many weeks ago. But you'll hear all that next week. But Michael wasn't around for it. Okay. So viewing figures are going to go down. Because <laughs> you're not on it. Probably. Everybody yeah. loves you. Everyone does. Everybody loves Michael. Oh, I know. So everybody loves Raymond, apparently. So and tune in for that next Chris. week. Yeah, and everybody hates Chris. Tune in for that next week when it's me all on my Billy Todd. Because Michael wasn't around. And then the week after that. And then the week after that, I've got no clue. No idea what we're doing the week after that. And then the week after that, are we not going somewhere? We'll be back, as far as they're concerned. 
Well, then we're not doing the post in that episode when we do that. Michael is, is, is what Michael's saying is though we should be back from in the time honoured tradition of bad sitcoms that go on holiday and make movies. <laughs> in England, I need to explain this. Don't I give it some context? In England, terrible sitcoms in the seventies were made into films because the British film industry was in dire straits. So the likes of George and Mildred and Man About the House and Are You Being Served and On the Buses all got films. And in all of those films, they went on holiday. Uh, uh, so in a couple of weeks' time... Carry on holiday. Yes. In a, in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to get Hey Kids Comics on holiday with an episode recorded on away from here, yeah. out in the wild blue yonder. Closer to you people. Closer to many of our lovely listeners. Uh, but we'll say no more. We'll. Just in case it don't work out. <laughs> and we end up faking it with a bag background in front of a blue screen. <laughs> So, this is us on holiday. This is us. It is really hot. It I is am like a pig. <laughs> uh, I hope you enjoy all of this mindless banter and inane drivel that we spew forth on a weekly basis. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Make Work for Idle Hands to Do production, and all opinions expressed by Michael and Andrew in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and probably not to be taken too seriously. All music and sound clips used in the show are copyright the respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money for this, much to their chagrin. New episodes drop every Thursday at aplayland.podomatic.com, but you can also listen through our Facebook page, which you can friend us on by using Hey Kids as the first name and Comics as the second name. You can also listen on our website, where you can also view the covers of the comics we've covered this week. That's www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com. If you have an opinion on our opinions, you can email us on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com. We also have a forum, www.forumforgeeks.com, where you can drop by and say hello if you're allergic to email. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hey Kids Comics. Oh.